So I don't normally condone talking about uh, having or not having review code. I think uh, I think that shit is pretty unprofessional, frankly. But um, today we got review code for Succubus, which have you have you lads seen Succubus? <laughs> I'm praying it's a game about digesting a bus, but. I suppose it's not, is it? It's a game where you play a sexy naked demon woman going around hell and I think like having sex with people and things a lot. Like it's uh Oh dear. It's whole it's whole thing is that it's like it's too hot for TV, right? Cuz it like all its trailers featuring like group orgies and stuff Ooh. are not allowed on YouTube and they're like if you want to see the full thing join our discord and stuff you got to come uh, to this alley at midnight yeah right yeah this has really got a stench of uh, Duke Nukem to it well the so the thing is like a it occurred to me that playing succubus is a lot like uh, your one of your dark bargains, Nate. <laughs> in that I get to sort of I get to play succubus and go, what is this? But in exchange, I will forever have played succubus and have it on, like, <laughs> in my Steam algorithm. Have you mm. played it? No, I haven't. And and the other thing, uh, listener, is if if on the off chance you're listening to this and you are excited for Succubus, genuinely, and you really want to play it, um, just please self-select out of our audience. (laughs) (laughs) This is where everyone leaves. And we're like, oh, we really misjudged this crowd. to this episode 158 of the Electronic Wireless Show, the best spaceships and games special. This is Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion, which is that of Alice Bell. And I am very excited uh, to be joined this week by Gordon Galaxy. <laughs> That's not what your mom said last night. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Of course. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Yeah. You stinking raccoon. Here, fix my spaceship while I listen to some cool tunes. Oh, (laughs) it's Star Lord. (laughs) No, it's his legally distinct entity, Gordon Galaxy. Oh, of course. Sorry. Oh my god! We'll return to Gordon Galaxy in the minute, actually, because that's that's a good segue into uh, uh, an off-topic derailing, but one I think we should discuss. Mm. Um, and it's so excited to be joined by Chewy Brackets Sweets. <laughs> yeah, not Chewy from the Star Wars. <laughs> Chewy Sweets. Uh... That was actually his surname, Sweets. Chewbacca oh, Sweets. <laughs> Chewbacca sweets. <laughs> That's what Han would call him when he was really angry. Chewbacca what... sweets. Get here and clean up this hyperdrive debris now. That's when they're having to fill out the official forms for like landing, you know, on foreign planets, and he used to put in his full name, <laughs> and he's like Chewbacca, and then in the certain box sweets. <laughs> uh. uh. On that note, Matthew, can we get a tooth update for the listener? Because you sent us a very funny text. <laughs> oh yeah, I went to I went to the dentist because my teeth exploded, as as outlined last week. Um, and you have to stand outside the dentists, and then they come and get you because of social distancing and whatnot. Um, 
And and uh, as I was standing there, I, I noticed there was a uh, an orange sweet wrapper on the floor. It was an orange club biscuit, I believe. And when the dentist came out to get me, he looked at me and then he looked at the sweet wrapper on the floor and then he looked at me and he didn't say anything about it. But there was this sort of <laughs> very much implied connection that he, that he had. Ass- I, I could tell that he had assumed I'd just eaten a really chocolatey biscuit in the car park of the dentists, which I hadn't. Um, and I was just I, I the reason I messaged uh, uh, you two is because I didn't know whether to, you know, how exactly <laughs> to react to this, whether I should say like get ahead of it and say that's not mine because maybe he hadn't made that connection um because i didn't want him to be like aggressive with my teeth because he's like (laughs) you don't you don't respect you don't respect me and my craft it sounded like an agonizing moment the way i read it in the text was like it went on subjectively for about 15 minutes in your head oh no it, it, it was it was it was quite short but it was enough to register with me of like is this awkward? Am I going to make this awkward if I mention it? Um, <laughs> so I just didn't mention it. And he actually took took uh, pity on me. He was quite kind um, about my shat- shattered teeth. <laughs> I I mean, I, I it was very funny because you genuinely texted saying, like, do I need to get out ahead of this? And I just laughed and didn't offer any advice. <laughs> so that was very funny. Um but I think, you know, the right thing would be to not say anything because as soon as he looked in your mouth, he'd be able to see that you hadn't eaten a chocolate. Well, exactly. Really. I mean, only a fool would be like, you know, you, you know, either you've eaten one and you've really cleaned your teeth amazingly well with your tongue, <laughs> which would be quite a skill, uh, an enviable skill. Well, if you had a cat tongue, yeah. or like if you glued some sandpaper to your teeth, you could just clean with your, your tongue all the time. Mm. There's probably a but, reason but, people haven't done that, actually. Sometimes you see those vending machines selling those balls that you chew on to clean your teeth. Have you ever seen those? They're like oh yeah, it looks, like a, cat, way, it looks like a like, cat toy in service stations. Yeah, and you, yeah. And you open it. Yeah, pub the toilets. Is, they're always quite near the urinals where <laughs> there'll be a very similar shaped bit of plastic just marinating in all the way and <laughs> because of the association i just i couldn't ever you know and it will be right next to a machine selling condoms like another rubbery thing that you wouldn't want to chew and mm. just yeah all of the nearby sort of anchor points absolutely forbid it for me very bad I just, idea uh, the, it, when i go into a pub urinal like, the last thing i think is like I, something in here is going to end up in my mouth. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> it's just not the smell of it. Is just like I don't want anything. I don't want to eat anything in this room. <laughs> not that you eat the tooth thing, of course. <laughs> I don't think you do. You should probably spit them out. <laughs> uh, well, okay, that's good. I'm glad. We're, I, I genuinely. So one of my friends. Uh, I, th- I actually text you about him one of my friends tim hi tim if you're listening he's very behind on the podcast he says he saves it up for when he's doing something he doesn't want to do to cheer him up um and he he texted me today and was and and was like he's just at the start of the tooth saga basically Mm. oh what an exciting arc (laughs) i know yeah um so so he's got so much to look forward to i'm really excited for him uh but Nate, you had some peculiar adventures uh, just recently, actually, uh, in 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 baking. Yeah, well, actually, I thought I would do that as my recommendation for the end of the show. Because oh, okay, no, we can save that. Yeah, oh, you it's don't actually you don't worth spoil recommending. That. Um, <laughs> so you know, just everyone stop thinking about urinals and start thinking about whatever appetizes you because you'll want an appetite uh, i don't know i feel like some people might react with horror but no we'll i'm see. Pre- pretty certain that everyone's gonna have a completely normal time with this <laughs> yeah i wouldn't Why? eat it 
We here at Rock Paper Shotgun want to create the best PC games related content out there. I mean, we're doing a lot of that already, but you can help us continue to do that and also help us do a little more. All you have to do is grab an RPS subscription over at rockpapershotgun.com forward slash subscribe. You can support us at two different tiers. The standard subscription will give you an ad-free RPS, you'll get discounts on our merch, and you'll get a letter from the editor post every month month too. The premium tier subscription gives you all of those lovely things I just mentioned, plus some exclusive articles and podcasts, as well as some smashing new video games and in-game items. I don't want to say free because you're paying money for the subscription, but you know, it's a little something on top. So, if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, head on over to rockpapershotgun.com forward slash subscribe and give us your money please. You get good things in return, so it seems like a win-win for everyone involved. In anticipation of a transaction and because my mother reared me well, thank you very much. While we are here as well, let's briefly return to Gordon Galaxy. Um, hey! Because, hey, Gordon. Uh, because your uh, legal real-world counterpart has... Uh, been involved in some of the most bizarre casting. Uh, That's right. It's a me, Twitter beef. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that this is a PC gaming podcast, but I do want to, like, what are our thoughts on the the Mario animated movie cast, <laughs> as has been revealed? Basically, we've got to realize their hands were tied. Chris Pratt is like... You know how the, the reactor at Chernobyl just has to be contained because it's just yeah. still constantly <laughs> spewing out radiation? He just spews out banter, and they usually keep him in, like, a lead shield so no one has to listen. But, like, when it... They just have to cast him in something massive uh, whenever the banter shield looks like it might be about to melt through. Uh, and so we've just got to pity those poor scientists, really. They had no choice... He's got to be Mario. That's a, that's a scientific breakdown of that casting. He's too powerful. <laughs> He's just got a banter. I surely, I imagine the boring answer, the non-scientific answer, is that the Lego Movie was massive, right? And he was jolly in that, so he'd probably be jolly in this. Yeah, that's true. But I, I mean, some people are saying that it's going to be um, like a sort of like the 90s Mario Brothers movie where he's just like a normal guy who gets sucked into yeah, the game I've heard or whatever. people saying they're going to new Jumanji it where people become characters in a game because well, they, refer- know, they refer to him as Mario in quote marks. <laughs> that's, the, <laughs> that's, that's what the internet sleuths are hanging on here, that he's Mario rather than Mario. <laughs> But I, I don't think so because, because he said like, oh, we've been working on the voice a lot in yeah. the, in that. And he could totally, still do, that, do the voice. T- totally natural and not at all terrifying little anecdote he did about stealing a wish from a a, a wishing fountain or whatever. Yeah. What Which the was... half happened to hit that guy? I remember during like the early days of Parks and Rec, he seemed really likable. And now, oh. like, if I saw him walking towards me across a meadow, I would just run and not run. stop. Yeah. It'd be oh. like seeing the Terminator. But for banter. Yeah, it's weird. Like, enough, like, nice, well, what I assume are nice, cool people kind of vouch for him. So you're kind of like, well, he must be all right, because otherwise that all these cool people wouldn't be like mates with him or comfortable being in things with him. Um, uh, I don't know. I think you're vastly do you overestimating so? Hollywood. I, just think the, I don't know. I just think with the, particularly with like the Parks and Rex, that kind of that kind of group, I, I kind of I, I picture it quite. Hard, I, I find it quite hard to picture them not being. Yeah, but I mean, there are people board. that. I knew 10 years ago who I'm not friends with now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. He's just, just that, that little video he did on Instagram where he was like, ha 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 ha, ha normal human laugh, unscripted, 
natural moment. Mm. Just terrifying. There's nothing there behind the eyes. There's... I was on a I was on a plane with him once. Really? Yeah, when we were going when we were flying out to E3, I was the, I I was the last person getting on the plane and then uh someone came up behind me with a a pair of sunglasses and a hoodie on looking very shifty and I thought, "Oh, that looks like uh, Chris Pratt looking shifty." <laughs> and I said it to someone else on the plane. I said, "Oh, there's this guy who looked just like Chris Pratt." Um and somehow by the end of that flight, someone else in our group had it had confirmed. Asked, yeah, yeah. Had, no, had uh, literally asked her uh, air hostess, is Chris oh. <laughs> Pratt on his plane, and can I meet him? And he got to meet him. What? Yeah. I wouldn't imagine having having the, the gall to do that. <laughs> oh, imagine. Well, if you're there sitting up in mega class or whatever it is, and an air hostess comes up and says, you know, one of the scum at the back wants to come <laughs> and see you, I'd be like, no way. Especially like who wants to meet someone on a plane when on you're a really flight? tired and your skin's super dry yeah, and your skin's dry, your feet are swelling up. <laughs> Transatlantic well, met, um, flight. A bloke who'd been in a lot of martial arts films, always playing like one of the brutish henchmen who gets taken down at the start of fights. <laughs> And he was also, weirdly, one of the gunners who decided not to shoot C-3PO's escape pod in Star Wars. Oh, right. I was on a flight um, from Munich to London with him while he had the most intense anxiety attack (laughs) I have ever seen a person have. And I talked him through it. And, well, I mean, I, I won't say I talked him through it, but I talked to him the whole time. And I was really worried about him because he was really upset. And... Um, yeah, he was a really lovely bloke. You should I hope have said, he's now you right. know how those robots felt when you were shooting at them. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't very. That wasn't nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is. Yeah, I hate flying. Is it? Isn't it like a thing that like people get more emotional? I think that might have been what was happening with this dude because he seemed well together. Otherwise. <laughs> I think he just really did not like the aeroplanes. Hmm. Well, um, if you don't like aeroplanes, imagine how much you would hate going into actual space. Oh! In a spaceship, which is what we are talking about this week. Very good. Nice. There was there was a discussion actually in the office once that was like if you could go into space like to the moon and guaranteed that you're not going to get hurt and it would be you know, like you would return safely would you do it and I was just like no and everyone was like but you'd be fine it's like we're guaranteeing you'd be safe and I'd be like, but I wouldn't like it like, I wouldn't... what's not to like about the moon though. But I don't want to be in a rocket blasted into space. It would... yeah, but, you be, but the the bad bit about that is how dangerous it is. If you remove the danger, you're like, yeah, of course. No, but you if you like remove the danger, if you remove the danger, you're still like you, you still have the experience of being in a rocket. Yeah, but you, you get know. to literally stand on the moon and see the Earth. <laughs> I don't want to. Oh, I'll, I'll just look at it on Google Images. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I say whenever I don't want to go on holidays. Like so the, the, yeah, the pale <laughs> blue dot. I'll just, I'll just do an image search for the pyramids. Are there any planets you would want to go to? No, I would not want to, the only. I would only want to experience spaceflight if I had to. Like if they were like, "I'm sorry, Alice. The world is <laughs> like Earth is going to explode." You have to get in. I a mean, that's not now. flight. That's like a, escape. That's an evacuation. That's quite exactly, different. Yeah. Yeah. Once you found out there was a planet where if you went to it, you could find massive diamonds, which you could bring back to Earth and be rich forever. Get someone else to do it. Well, it's a planet full of great soup. It's like, you know, in Interstellar, (laughs) where they go to the place with the massive waves and it's very stressful because time's passing a lot more quickly on Earth. Like that. But it's soup. Delicious soup. But there's delicious Mm. soup on Earth. (laughs) Yeah, but it's never going to run out here and it really is good. (laughs) 
That's it. That's when that's the suit that's runs out on Earth. That's that's why we leave Earth because the suit <laughs> runs out and we have to go to the suit waves. That's what all like when aliens come to strip our resources in Independence Day and stuff. They're always like thinking it's going to be rare earth metals or water or whatever. They just want soup. Hmm. Wouldn't but, do it. So you you lads would both be like, yeah. Shooting I mean, in that's, space. I mean, that's that's all big talk. I mean, the tr- reality is, like, I'm too scared to go on roller coasters. So, you know. So what's all you giving me? Giving yeah, it all that? I bet, like, that's the thing. Everyone says roller coasters are safe as well, but I'm like, uh, even if you could guarantee I won't die, like, I wouldn't go on Space Mountain, let alone actual space. I'd do it. I think. Yeah. I'd probably like get incredibly afraid right before I did it, but I would do it. I think. Mm. I I hope Jeff Bezos isn't listening. He'll call my bluff and I'll just look like a coward in front of everyone. (laughs) Did you see that Amazon has tried to prevent people um, from naming their character Jeff Bezos in New World, the Amazon uh, uh, MMO, the launch (laughs) the other day? Yeah, you can't. Bezos is like an Insta thing. Someone got rid of it with like, uh, got around it by by not putting in a space and calling themselves Jeffrey Bezos, but like J E double F I E. Um, uh, Graham managed to do like Je- Jeff Bay Sauce. Um, it's very funny. Anyway. Quite a while on Age of Empires, my nemesis who kept coming up against me in the ranked system was a player called Beth Jesus. <laughs> it was probably him. Yeah. I like to think so. <laughs> Good old Beth. Good old Beth. Uh, but anyway, yeah, the reason I um, picked this subject this week, this topic of spaceships, is because um, I think it was 2019's Gotti of the Year was, uh, now I've got to get this right, Outer Wilds. Correct. Thank you. Uh, and it got DLC it this did. very week, which Matthew played. E- Echoes of the Eye. Yeah. Now, I've not played Outer Worlds, but isn't it like you're trying to... F- <clears throat> you're in a, the, the classic format now, apparently, of Groundhog Day, and you're trying to figure out the secrets of a universe, right? Before it busts. Yeah, basically. So have they just tucked in some more secrets? They've they've tucked in a new location, which, if you've played Outer Worlds, you know is um, quite a scary idea because it's this very uh, finely designed thing where like everything leads to another, pl- you know, one planet leads to the next, and there's there's a you know an interesting relationship between the planets and some of the technology between the planets, and it's not something where you could just insert like. Oh, there's a new sixth planet, and it would be fine. You, know, it would, it would impact the main game too much. But they've actually found a quite a good way of hiding a, a new location in the existing solar system, so it doesn't impact the, the main story. But it kind of reveals a different perspective on some of the the history of of you know this this particular universe, um, and. Uh, it's just a really nice companion piece, as well as just being a really great uh, self-contained adventure, uh, which is actually quite hard to talk about without like spoiling it, because they've done a really good job of not talking about what the new location is. Um, and when I saw it, when I played it, I was, you know, genuinely kind of just absolutely blown away by it, like the 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 scale of it and the execution of it. I was, I was it was a proper like, oh wow, I can't believe <laughs> they've done it. Those mad bastards. Um, <laughs> so trying to kind of convey that without just you know without ruining it. Um, and the internet seems to be quite well behaved. It seems everyone's sort of agreed that it's worth not spoiling, which is probably an indicator of how sort of special it is, really. Oh wow. Hmm. I'll get well, on that I... after I finish with Oberdin. Once I've started, hey, how are you getting on with Oberdin? By the way, I keep forgetting I've got it. I keep, uh. I keep sort of doing that thing because I always start start the day with like an hour or something, and I always try to do something new, and I always get to Oberdin, and then I think, oh no, but mysteries, and I, I coward out of it every time. 
One of these days, though. That's quite a cursed game to start your day with. All those clanging ships' bells and all that kind of stuff. It would. Oh no! Honestly, the more disconcerting, the better. I like to leap <laughs> into awareness, like a a man leaping into an ice cold Turkish plunge pool. <laughs> Good. Uh, um. Well, the reason I thought that it would be good to to use Elsewell's jumping off point is because the spaceship in it is so nice. <laughs> oh, it's lovely. It's like a bin. It's like a. It, it, it's like if there was a child's story, and and you know, it's like a bin who wanted to be a spaceship, and then at the end, it's like you know, and yeah. suddenly the the bin realised if he wished for it as hard as he could, he really could fly, and then takes <laughs> off and goes to the moon. Very Is much, it yeah. charmingly sort of falling apart then? It's sort of made of mostly of like old barrels and stuff. It's like wooden. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's really shonky, but it kind of fits that universe or it fits that sort of civilization because they're 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 like a, I don't know, it's more like a sort of frontier kind of town, sort of Deadwood style. It's not like yeah. uh, uh, it's really misleading to describe Outer Wilds as anything like Deadwood. It's, <laughs> it's so much more chilled. Uh, but, you know, everything's sort of nailed together, sort of higgledy-piggledy planks and people playing banjos and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like if Yogi Bear made a spaceship, <laughs> that's what it would look like. Anything can be like Deadwood, though. I'm currently uh, recreating Deadwood in Planet Zoo, and it's I'm having a real time of it. What animal is the owl Swearingen? Uh, well, what you can do because uh, you have like the, um, the the tourist information boards that show little films and stuff in the game, but you can change what image files they draw from. So as you go into the zoo, I've just got a giant billboard with like a staggering. Like gut stabbed Ian McShane growling, <laughs> "Welcome to f-ing Deadwoods." Very good. <laughs> and then some bison. It's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how do you thought of that? Did you see? I emailed Nate a tweet this week because you can also do a thing where you make the topography of your park from a picture so he tried Nate tried making his park Gimli from lots of trains yeah I just grayscaled an image of Gimli fed it in and it made this series of demented ravines that if you looked at it from the right angle looked like a glowering John Riss Davis <laughs> but I, I'll put it in the show notes but I said you must have seen that tweet before Nate yeah <laughs> so I so said uh, the bit in Lord of the Rings where uh, Aragorn says, let's hunt some orc has the same energy as Shania Twain saying, let's go girls. <laughs> so man, I feel like a woman. So someone synced up the music and it's so good. It's mega. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, spaceships. So yeah, the spaceship in, in Outer Wilds yeah, is very and good. I, I like- and I like it because it has, like, it's, like, realistic enough in that you can kind of master it and it kind of answers the physics and it sort of simulates a, f- a few bits and bobs. Like, bits of it can bust and you have to go out and fix it, which kind of creates a nice little yeah. sense of ownership and care. But at the same time, it isn't, like, a big, scary spaceship where you have to understand all the spaceship terminology. You know, it isn't, a, you know, it yeah. isn't, like, elite dangerous. It's But it has enough of the space fantasy to please me a kind of big space noob yeah it it feel it's quite manual compared to like most mm. other spaceships and it does feel like it's quite difficult to wrangle it sometimes like it is like someone put some some rockets on a wheelie bin and was like off you go mm. you really <laughs> terrible like turning on it similarity <laughs> i do you're really attached to that <laughs> it's like a bin because it's little, mm. uh, it's like a one-person-sized spaceship. I, I will say, the ship doesn't have much to do in the expansion because it is a location you kind of go to and then explore inside. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it's. I just, think it's a nice. It's a nice yeah, comparison, uh, like yeah. To you get, like, you get, your, you get your fill of the ship. I'm going to throw but, in something from the other end of the scale. Go on if then, if you like. Um, unless um, you've, you've you've more accolades. 
to heap on the bin. <laughs> no, no, carry on. <laughs> um, so I remember, I, I love really, really big, inconceivably vast spaceships. And I remember the first one that ever absolutely did my brain. Uh, it was playing Free Space 2, uh, which was a, an off-rails flight combat simulator sci-fi thing um, in the late 90s. And it starts you off in a space war where you're a fighter pilot and you're fighting against these sort of reptile lads who don't actually seem that bad. And you're sort of having a meaningless dogfight with them and you do it again. And that's like the first three missions. And then out of nowhere, this massive juggernaut from a completely unknown alien species shows up and it's about as big as the skybox. And you think it is like a graphic in the skybox, but it is a modelled object, and it's just... Oh, nice. You, you've been flying around tiny little boxy ships, and suddenly there's this thing that's just impossibly big, and you really poo yourself. It's horrendous. <laughs> oh, God. It's such a good twist as well, because you just think, you know, okay, we're the goodies, they're the baddies, and then suddenly, third faction. Guess what? Now this is <laughs> happening. Lovely game. Oh. That sounds good. I like the... I like big space drama rather than the nitty gritty stuff you know i i want space games that are like um that bit in the 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 the, the second of the new star wars films you know when she drives that ship and blasts all the other ships i want a space game which has that kind of scale to it like just big easy to grasp cool moments in space does such yeah. a thing exist i don't know do you remember Gratuitous Space Battles? Uh, the, I've never played it, but yeah, yeah. That was very pretty. That was so nearly a brilliant game, but it was not. Good name, though. Great name. Did exactly uh, what I said on the tin. I know it's a, a cliche for at this point, but um, I think the uh, the Normandy in uh, the Bioware games, Mass Effect, uh, mm. it's a very cool spaceship and, and like you kind of get to know it and it's it's like a, it's your little home, you know, and you, you get to run around it and you know this is where this person lives, this is where they hang out and stuff, um, which is one thing that was a bit annoying in uh, Andromeda, when I went back to play it again recently, which is that nobody stays still, <laughs> like right. in between your le- your your missions. Like if you want to go talk to someone, they're never the same place they were a minute ago. It's very annoying. I had to run around the ship trying to figure out where the doctor who talks like her from Game of Thrones is. Uh, <laughs> very annoying. Um, in a similar way, I like the sense of um, homeliness. If a bit more stressed, you get in FTL. Um, ah, yeah. I, love I was the hoping someone would. I was hoping someone would say FTL because everyone loves FTL, and I've just never been able to get on board with it. But it feels like if we didn't mention FTL, someone in the comments would be like, "Now mention of FTL." That's uh, but that game's stress, stress, stress. Well, how is it home only? Well, because if you've got so most of the ships have a challenge associated with unlocking them. I spent an ungodly amount of time getting all the ships in the game, and went so you know it's really special when you've got them. And they've all got different quirks. So some might have more power, but uh, more rooms inside that you've got to get your people between to fix them, um, whatever. And you, on a good long run, when you're getting through scrape after scrape, you get to really know this thing and feel really like disproportionately affectionate to the thing because of the one extra shield core it had that got you through a fight. And yeah, you you know, especially when they're all knackered and on fire by the end of your run, you feel you feel a real sense of camaraderie with them, I guess. Hmm. Oh, that's nice. Mm. It is nice. I uh, there was something I, else I was gonna mention. I was gonna like, say about the Normandy. Is it becoming too? Is that sort of um, like vehicle home hub area becoming like too much of a cliche to be like effective anymore? Because mm. like they did it in outer the outer worlds, 
as well. That had oh, yeah. the, uh, I want to say it had like a jokey name, like, you know, the, the heap or something. It was something, it was something, um, you know, the old tin can or something daft like that. But that had a very similar vibe where like everyone had a bedroom and you could go in and between missions and there'd, you know, there'd be little character beats and you'd hear little kind of comic snips of dialogue between yeah. different characters and stuff. And I, I, I just uh, beginning to feel a little bit like, oh, I've seen, I think I've seen, I've seen this one too many times. That isn't the fault of the spaceship. It's just the device. Because they did it in... Um, Burgerlands uh, 3 did it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, of course that had it. I mean, but it goes back, but you know, with with Bioware did it in mm. Knights of the Old Republic as well. You had like a yeah. a knockoff Millennium Falcon in that where you could talk to people. Yeah, mediocrely I... warm take. Do you reckon this this was made especially popular by the television show Firefly? Because that sure had a spaceship that was a bit like a house and people having chats in it. Space house. There's got to be a, there's got to be a, a a page on TV tropes for space house, right? Well, I mean, Gordon Galaxy, he's got a space house. He does he have a space house because that's the thing. All these things are like, oh, it's just like your house, except it's in space. But no, everyone in that world has just so got past the whole. Oh God, I'm going to die. I'm in space, <laughs> which would underpin, I think, any of us being in a space house. I love the Mandalorian space house, although that's not really games. Is that a house? That's more like a space, like room. It's a studio flat. (laughs) It's a space studio flat. It's even got like a shitty mezzanine that justifies an extra six hundred quid on the rent, (laughs) and a weird wizened child who eats all of your eggs. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, there's a lot of. uh... Yeah, I don't know about the Mandalorian space house. Nothing. It's there's a great no banter. Space house. No one banter's in that show. There's endless banter. There's it will not stop. Every line in that show is is just driven exposition. They go in there and go, "We're going to the moon," and then he oh, goes, yeah, well, well, "Yes, like... we must get the ore." Okay. <laughs> yeah, but the then dialogue. he'll like turn to the kid and be like, "And don't eat all my eggs." <laughs> and then wink at the oh, camera. Yeah. You can't see him winking because of his helmet. One line uh, of banter does not a, a space house make. Oh, <laughs> uh, mate! Like, welcome to Star Wars. I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't. That's why everyone likes Firefly because you're like, oh, these people are like humans in space rather than, you know, yeah, yeah. But that also started the, the banter avalanche that has ended with Chris Pratt. Under a ninety meter thick lead dome, happened to be Mario. Yeah. A, di- a direct line <laughs> from Nathan Fillion to Chris Pratt. Excessive wisecracks in space. Did um, did you play uh, Star Wars Squadrons? Yeah, loved it. Did that have? That didn't have a space house. Well, it had sort of a space mansion, I suppose. Um, you, you were in. Between the missions, you were in the hangar complex of either the big goldfish mobile <laughs> on the good guy side, or like I don't know, the Imperial cruiser punch face. If you were the baddies, yeah. I so I've looked it up. Firefly came out. The first episode was two thousand and two, uh, and the first Knights of the Old Republic was two thousand and three. So I feel like the space house was probably. Ooh. In development prior, yeah. So we do don't. Think, do you we... think one of the designers ran in in the morning and was like, "Guys, someone else built the space house before us"? No. <laughs> it would be interesting though. I wonder if we can trace the cultural roots of the space house. See if we can figure it out. Maybe it's the original Star Wars in like the seventies. Well, yeah, the Millennium Falcon had a lounge with a chessboard. Original, yeah. Because who doesn't want to play chess in space? But there that wasn't was any banter. Again, all the dialogue was like... Oh, come on! That, that, that was like, we've got to go to the ship to save our dad. <laughs> now, listen, I'm not saying... Look, I'm, it's a very uncomfortable position to be put in, having to apologise for Star Wars. But, like, <laughs> I don't think there's any lack of, of you know, rib ticklers in the first <laughs> trilogy. Han Solo is always joshing with everyone and telling them to... 
It's you know all Han Solo does. He's one of the most overrated characters ever. Is that everyone else is being really boring about the mission, and his role is just to say, "Oh, this is bollocks," <laughs> over and over <laughs> again. Like that is Han Solo's entire role in that film. St- he basically rolls his eye at the rest of the film. Yeah, but the, the, it's still banter. Whether you you mm. know whether you like it or not, the banter lopes are still out the watering hole. <laughs> they just may not be to your taste, and that's fine. Okay, but not entirely to mine. Uh, right. Any further video game spaceships to bring uh, up? I was thinking about like horror game spaceships. So, like the the one from <gasps> Dead Space, Ishimura, yeah, 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 yeah. which is like when you build a spaceship, which is so clearly. Like, it's scary. It just looks scary. And you're like, <laughs> this is obviously going to host scary events are going to happen here. You know, I would I would be fascinated to see the Ishimura pre-Necromorphs turning up or whatever they're called. Yeah, you've got um, the feeling it was never a relaxing place. Like, no. Like the Nostromo in Alien. On edge. Because it's, it's designed that, like, every prong of metal casts, like, a big scary shadow everywhere. That place is just... Shadow nightmare. It's like whatever evil architects like put pointless spikes on benches to inconvenience the homeless. Yeah. Like they were all hired en masse. <laughs> Gentlemen, we need you to make a mining spaceship. It needs to be as upsetting as possible. <laughs> I mean, that is already one of the more upsetting jobs you can do mining, I think, because it's just the stress of going down in that hole. And the idea that they would build that environment for you is just so cruel. So cruel. <laughs> It's like the event horizon in Event Horizon. That oh, yeah, becomes, exactly. Yeah, becomes a sentient hell ship, but they'd already built it to for, look to look like something from the game Succubus. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to chuck in a, a a little shout out to my my good boys in Warhammer Forty Thousand as ever. Oh yeah. The Imperial spaceships in that are genuinely some of the most like mega sci-fi design I've ever seen. They're like big cathedrals with the prowls of Greek triremes, but they're like 17 miles long. Um, but the Battlefleet Gothic Armada 2s, a game I, I have quite a lot of fun with, and probably my single favourite thing about it is when the ships die, there's like a big, really like stressful metal whale noise as they sort of creak open across the middle and then they explode bit by bit because they're just so big and the game does a really good job of making it seem properly cataclysmic. It's great fun. God. Especially when you ram them together. What a nightmare. What a nightmare ship to live on. 17 miles from end to end. See, that's and that's why you don't go into space because stuff like this can yeah, happen but I, in case if, Warhammer 40,000 happens yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. imagine if they start like really ramping up commercial space flight and that they announce that the direction they're taking it in is like cathedral ships listen, listen, listen. look look Elon Musk is is getting divorced and he's he's not taking it well you tell me that a logical step for him is, is this, not going to be do you think this is this the is this the origins Warhammer. Of, of Warhammer 40k is Elon yeah. Musk's divorce <laughs> Right, I've got a copy of the Battlefleet Gothic source book from 1998, <laughs> and I've got five billion tons of steel. Let's make a big church with a laser. <laughs> <laughs> you got that astronaut who everyone loves softly playing guitar in the ISS. Yeah. Oh. And then the camera just turns around. There's loads of South African blokes with robes and pipes coming out their eyes, telling him to convert or die. <laughs> Musk Hammer 40,000. <laughs> He's a strumming kumbaya. <laughs> uh, Angrily calling people pedos on Twitter because they won't make him 17 mile long battleships. <laughs> uh, <laughs> terrible fights. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I'm, I'm glad Anthony Hopkins is here because before we do any actual slander, uh, we should <laughs> probably <clears throat> head into the cabin of lights. E-
Oh, a cavern of space. <gasps> oh, I should have done a countdown. God damn it. So you, you walk in, and it is actually, um, it's like a big, messy like hanger full of girders and wires and stuff. And then old man in a waistcoat comes walking across to you, and he spins his gun and looks at Matthew and says, well, this is awkward. Uh, because it's Han Solo. No, oh, no. <laughs> and he's oh. been listening. Sorry, man. That's that's Chewbacca sweets. He's not happy <laughs> either. That's a very good Chewbacca sound. It's not bad. I use the uh, the classic Cavern of Lies technique of roaring into a mug. Um, but listen, I'm Han Solo now. Uh, I'm a bit upset, to be honest. Uh, I was coming to help you guys buy a new spaceship for the podcast because I was hoping to become a friend of the show. Um, but, you know, oh, I'm not sure about it now. Uh, I was going to give you this one that we're in now and he just surrounds you. So this is a classic VCN 33 medium freighter out of Kuat Drive Yards in Corellia. It's not the Falcon, but it served me well. Uh, but I want to keep hold of that now. Um, I'm going to give you the choice of five super weapons off okay. of Star Wars, which I've got in the junk heap back there. <laughs> okay. And you can have one of those, but if either of you choose the wrong one, I'm okay. putting you in the airlock and staring at you and then flushing you into space. <laughs> Oh, wow. Oh Matthew hoist by your own petard. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's See how you like them space apples. <laughs> <laughs> so first up, chumps, we've got the Sun Crusher, which is... Okay. Now, I've, I've got a question before you <clears throat> launch into yeah. this. Are these what they're called in Star Wars, or is it what you've called them affectionately? <laughs> this is what they're called in Star Wars. It's their official okay. canon names. Uh, that's that's okay. a hint that Sun Crusher is already alarming me. <laughs> <laughs> so the Sun Crusher, I want you to imagine, right, a weapon capable of blowing up entire star systems by destabilizing the core of the star. Now right. I want you to imagine that it looks like a sieve and a party hat attached together, and it's about <laughs> the size of a Volvo. It, hang on. <laughs> it's just like a script note straight out of George Lucas's work. <laughs> yeah, right. So, sorry, take me through that again. So <clears throat> this appeared in one of the uh, 1990s Star Wars novels. Yeah. And it is a, a super weapon that can collapse the core of a star, effectively blowing up a star system. Yeah. And it looks like a sieve and a party hat taped together at the wide ends. And it's about as big as a Volvo. Big as a Volvo. Sieve and a party hat taped together. Uh, it's very big hard to picture this. <laughs> and it's, it's got a stupid little gun turret at one end. I just can't this believe that's be... how it was described in the novel. It's going to be very difficult. <laughs> Well, while well, yeah. So that's technically not canon anymore, then. Uh, yeah, I'm using Legends canon. Oh, yeah, sorry, like. okay. <laughs> right, next up. Okay. Fancy saying a bit bigger to wet your whistle. If you look out the yeah. window there, see that massive cylinder? Oh, yeah. That's the dark saber. You know, no lightsabers. <laughs> Imagine one of them, but naughty. <laughs> I feel naughty ones were just red. No, no, this is a dark saber, uh, but it's not even that really. What it actually is, is, uh, you know, Jabba the Hutt, big slug geezer. Yeah. yeah. Well, a hut, another hut, uh, went mad with power and decided to build a Death Star, but they didn't have enough money, so they could only build the gun off the Death Star, and they thought uh, it looked a bit like a lightsaber, so they called it a dark saber. Okay. Hmm. Why? Um, I always assumed the rest of the Death Star was like integral to the weapon. The running of the yeah, that like the Death Star is the gun. Yeah, right? that really reveals a lot about Imperial project efficiency, doesn't it? If you can just make the gun, yeah. Okay. The rest the is just a lot like harder to find in a giant artificial planet. It's all pubs. Yeah, <laughs> it's where all the stormtroopers go on shore leave, and it's just like. 
there are loads of really like like you know like really crap New York Irish bars. Yeah. It's like that, but a whole moon. Ooh. That's canon. That's no moon. Haha. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good. Next. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. <clears throat> so this is the Eclipse class Star Destroyer. Now this was uh this was made by our boy Palps, uh, Ian McDermott. <laughs> Do it. Um, what's Palpatine's <laughs> favourite sweet, by the way? Chewits. Oh, I did that one before, but I'm going to keep doing it every week. <laughs> oh uh, so this is, imagine the gun from the Death Star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. It's that, but with a massive Star Destroyer built around it. But it does exactly the same thing. It shoots planets and they blow up. <laughs> They're and it's going... called the Eclipse Class. The Eclipse Class. And it they is, really coincidentally, like this, um, 17 kilometers gun. long. So Elon Musk, you might be yeah. interested in this one. Eclipse. So, that, so the Eclipse Class is just the the, gut, the Death Star gun on a Star Destroyer. Yeah, basically built through the middle of it, like um, the lead in a pencil, I suppose. <laughs> right. But it's a gun. All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Now, something a little different here for you. This one's called the Galaxy Gun. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's also built by uh, Emperor Chewitz Palpatine. Um, <laughs> but the difference is here, this one can fire giant bullets across the galaxy. And guess what oh. the bullets do? They blow up planets, that's correct. <laughs> and it looks like... Do you know those uh, in the 1990s program Gladiators... Those big sort of earbuds, they'd batter each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. This looks like one of those, <laughs> but crossed with a wrench, and it's really big. <laughs> All right, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is very difficult. <laughs> the fifth and final shit. Now, this is saying a bit different. It's called a World Devastator. <laughs> right. And it basically, I kid you not, imagine a skip the size of Wolverhampton <laughs> yeah. on four massive rocket feet and it's designed by Emperor Palpatine and you just drop loads of them on a planet and they just suck up all the water and land and stuff and just sort of fire guns everywhere and make it a real mess. Well, it really would devastate a world so we've okay so we've got the sun crusher the dark saber the eclipse class the galaxy gun and the world devastator that's correct these all sound like sex toys designed by a 60 year old divorcee working out of his garage (laughs) (sighs) so Han jesters around him spins his gun again does an ironic little lopsided smirk says, so, tell me the spaceship here that isn't real. Is there only one that's fake? Mm-hmm. There can't, they can't, <laughs> can't be four of these that are real. <laughs> <laughs> I just... The, okay. the one that rings alarm bells for me is Dark Saber. I was going to say, I am torn between Dark Saber and Galaxy Gun because they both have a bang of Nate off them for me. <laughs> I just think the other the other ones sort of accept that the gun needs to be part of something to function, and I just don't think even by Star Wars barmy logic uh, they could just have that gun by itself. Also, I swear um, the baddie in The Mandalorian has a dark lightsaber, which is a dark saber. Well, yes. see, my, my thinking is that he Nate came up with the idea of just like a a, a huge like a planet sized lightsaber that would switch on and just, have, just like a normal lightsaber but massive and then realized <laughs> and then realized that was too too obviously not real and kind of walked it back a couple of steps. That's what I feel about the dark saber. But then I also think. A gun that fires giant bullets is basically the same as that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Want to know more about the bullets? Yes. (laughs) Always. So the barrel is seven kilometers long. Okay. (laughs) And the projectiles go into hyperdrive like the ships do. (laughs) 
and they've got uh, they've even got lasers on them, uh, laser guns, so they can duel with ships if they need to do so to get to their target. Oh, um, oh man, this is so hard. That is so dumb that it almost has to be true. I feel like Nate is taunting us. <laughs> This, I think the Civ and the party hat, that is just too weird to not be real. It's quite 90s sci-fi as well. I can't picture that device, but I just don't know why you'd make up something so absurd. <laughs> I think I think Darksaber is a real term from Star Wars, and he just matched it to something dumb that he's made up. That's my thinking. What about you, Alice? I... I don't know because what you just said about what you just said about the galaxy gun is extreme. Like it could be a double bluff, you know. Um, <laughs> but let let's let's go with the dark saber because I was initially quite. I'm going to go with my heart and go with the dark saber. I think the dark saber's fake. So you think this isn't a real spaceship? Let's find out. Chewie, turn that thing on. <laughs> Uh, there's a, a cataclysmic flash of light and Earth is destroyed. The dark saber was real. No! Oh. So uh, you want to know... You want to know which of those vehicles... Yeah, uh, go on then. So Han gestures at them all and he leans in. Says, uh, yeah, the Sun Crusher, the dark saber, the Eclipse-class Star Destroyer, the World Devastator... The galaxy gun? It's real. It's true. All of it. It's all true. <laughs> the only ship that didn't exist was the one I introduced to you first. The VCM-33 medium Corellian freighter made in QF drive yards. That's just made up. The ship isn't real. Wake up. And you wake up in your beds. The Earth's fine. <clears throat> oh, Nate. <laughs> what a terrible fright we all had there. Oh, Sir Anthony, thank goodness you're here. <laughs> well, a rather unorthodox one this week. <laughs> Star Wars is so stupid. <laughs> oh, quick, Matthew, let's get out of here. Let's warp drive out of here. Hello. <laughs> Why can you still hear Chewbacca, even though you've woken up in your own beds? <laughs> it's like the end of Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> it wasn't all a dream. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, thank you very much for that, Nate. That was a lot of fun. Very difficult. And it turned out it was difficult for good reason. Um, but I think we gave it a good shot, Matthew. Powerfully done. Yeah, the book... Darksaber from, I think, 1997 will tell you all you need to know about Dark Darksaber. <laughs> Thanks. I'll check it out. Um, all that remains now, I think, is for us to do recommendations, because every week we recommend something that is not a video game. So, Matthew, what are you going to recommend this week? Uh, we just watched the first episode of Foundation on Apple, the adaptation of Asimov's Foundation series. Um, which I have not read, um, but it's like big galaxy brain sci-fi with lots of people in um, weird hats um, talking very portentously about things. It's good. Is it not really boring? I found the books really boring. Um, it's quite <clears throat> it's quite dry, and it's one of these shows where all the characters kind of represent ideas rather than kind of humans having a recognisable reaction to said ideas they just sort of um, pronounce on on their theories and that's all there seems to be to them um i quite like it's it's got this thing where like the, the emperor of the universe is just endless clones of one man <laughs> you know so, so they've had the same emperor for you know f you know four thousand years or something um and at, at this given point they've got three of them um They've they sort of get they've, there's like a boy version, a sort of man version, and an old man version of him, and they kind of make decrees between them. And the, the middle aged guy is um, Lee Pace, who I always like in stuff, and gets to do you know 
a bit of scenery chewing. So that's quite They should fun. make like a Hulk version and like a, a wild boar version and all sorts of really nuts ones and well, then put them all in and rumble. I think the whole idea is that they're trying to like, they've cloned themselves to kind of promote the idea of stability in the empire. And I don't think the people would get that vibe if like one of them was now a boar. <laughs> you know, that's like quite a lot to ask your people to accept. You're like, by the way, the next round of emperors, one of them's a giant pig. <laughs> everyone's like, what the hell? <laughs> I thought the whole reason we let you guys do this was because you weren't gonna mess us around like this. <laughs> like we know what we're getting. <laughs> What can I say about Hakuna Matata? <laughs> <laughs> but you know uh, there'd be there would be people who'd be like, Do you know what though I actually he is a pig, but I like a lot of his policies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I guess he's still got a lot of the Emperor in him. Yeah, literally got, all, um, all, 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 you know, he'd still have the emperor's feet. I mean, that's what you just have to explain. You're like, even though he takes the form of a pig, it's the same emperor you know and love. <laughs> yeah, he can also just charge but through now, underbrush while grunting. And now he's delicious. <laughs> <sighs> okay, lovely. Um, I'm going to recommend, in honour of Rosie Duffield, uh, The Transgender Issue by Sean Fay. Um, which is a really good non-fiction book um, that very kind of um, personably and uh, calmly kind of debunks a lot of the transphobic uh, nonsense that's uh, put about by the press in this country. Um, and uh, it's really good. And if there's uh, if if you're someone who, because you are constantly told you should be afraid of trans people, is worried about that, then uh, I think this book is really good to read. Or if you know someone who who is concerned um, needlessly about trans rights, then um, this is a good book to give them to read as well. It's very good. I heartily recommend it. Uh, it's been doing really well, hasn't it? It's yeah, nice yeah. to see. Yeah, and, and rightly so, because it's very good. Uh, Nate, what have you got well, to recommend this week? <clears throat> I hope you kept your forks because there's pie. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So I uh, I had the house to myself the other day and was um, was thinking about what to cook. And I was feeling quite lazy uh, and I was cleaning out the freezer and I saw three things in there. Uh, a roll of puff pastry Um and some very thin slices of beef and a big bag, a big bag of sliced peppers, the frozen ones you get. So I thought, oh, I know. I'll make like a, a beef and pepper turnover. Put the slice of beef in with the peppers and then fold it over. That would be lovely. And I thought, no, wait. Do you know what will take this into hyperdrive? An entire eel. So I put an eel in it. <laughs> right. Um... I, I keep a supply of grilled eels. You know, the Japanese inagi um, with the nice sticky sauce. Um, sometimes when things have gone really well in life, I'll grill an eel. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say it'd been a triumph of a week, but it's been a nice one. I thought, treat myself, put an eel in there. So it turned into sort of like Satan's beef Wellington, really, <laughs> with an entire eel surrounded by shreds of beef and pepper. And then all you, rolled up in a puff pastry case. It, you you sent us a picture of it, and it was quite terrifying. And then you said, "There's a surprise in it." And I said, "Is it an egg?" Because it's quite normal to put if you put a whole egg in a meat pie, and then you cut it, you get a nice cross section of a of an egg of a boiled egg. Not for me. But then, yeah, Nate just replied, "No, it's an eel." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just a it whole was incredibly eel. ugly as well. I'm a terrible baker, and the. The, uh, the pastry sort of burst in, uh, uh, along the seam. So I had to make sort of straps out of pastry to to keep the wound closed. And mm. it did actually all work, but it looked like an orc's boot in the end. <laughs> like a maimed orc's boot. It was, uh, But it's got a name. I've given the dish a name. Um, well, Alice actually christened it when she asked what it was. Yeah. Um, 
You want to tell the good folks? I said, he sent us this picture of this shiny mess of, like, look, well, not a mess, a kind of mound of uncooked meat and pastry. And it looked like it had, like, like ham on top of it. So I said, is it a ham bowser? And I decided even though it contains no ham, it's definitely a ham bowser. Fantastic. So finally. It's what I imagine the lamprey pie is that they're always eating in Game of Thrones. Do you know what? Oh, it yeah. had big Game of Thrones energy. Oh, it they're did, always yeah. eating it. They're it didn't always contain any of my enemy's children. Like. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> So yeah, make yourself a ham bowser. <laughs> make yourself a ham bowser. What a weekend that would be. Um, thank you very much for listening to this episode 158 of the Electronic Wireless Show. This was the best spaceships and games special. Um, don't forget to check out Rock Paper Shotgun on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search for Rock Paper Shotgun. You'll find us. Uh, we have... Uh, some sister podcast although one is sadly ending next week mm. um but we are still uh despite the end of the, the pc gaming week spot we're still going to have uh the uh, ultimate audio bang which is recording today i believe um and if you really like this podcast then you can sign up to be a supporter and get an extra podcast every month uh which we're recording next week this time um, which is going to be Nate uh, telling us uh, about something that isn't video games. Uh, we've had so far, we've had the history of the glass aquarium. We've had crabs or crab adjacent creatures. It's been a it's been a wild ride so far. Um, but for your video game needs or your PC gaming needs, sorry, just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. Uh, until next week, it's goodbye from me, Alice Bell. It's goodbye from Golden Galaxy. I'm good. And it's goodbye from Chewbacca Sweets. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.